Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a robot. That was the goal on that like one. Like a little droid. What was the one that was whoop whoop? A boop boop? Because you were trying to sell me the car locking. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Speaking of nothing that we said. I know. I keep doing this. Speaking of nothing. Speaking of nice. Nice. Oh, nice. Guys, guess what episode it is. 69. Nice, nice, nice. nice. We have champagne. Kate's going to pop the champagne for the 69th. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I don't even know if we had sh- we did have champagne for the 50th. Yes. We took it to the hotel. <laughs> okay, you're and right. I remember when you spilled it on the search for tempting. It wasn't even that I spilled it. It was that I spilled it and then picked it up and held it over all the equipment and went, it's okay, I got it. And you went, the equipment. <laughs> you said it so softly, like, come on. <laughs> I felt really bad. It was I had to edit out so much. <laughs> Oh, God, that was so fucking funny. Oh, God. Also, if I sound sick, it's because I'm not still sick. I am sick again. (laughs) So everyone, mind your business, I will have to cough. And yeah, I do sound funny. That's life. Well, this is a sweet, poor SMR. SMR? (laughs) I meant AS. I I was like, that sounds vaguely incorrect. Don't know why. (laughs) Oh, yay. My champagne. My, ch- my champagne. Thanks. Cheers. I'm in champagne. <laughs> Cheers. Don't even need my. Who needs cough medicine when you got your champs? You mean the absinthe didn't clear out your sinuses? Honestly? <laughs> Maybe. That's why I had to blow my nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't do it on, on the recording, but I should have. People would have really liked that. The phlegm ASMR? Yeah. I phlegm think SMR? Our- <laughs> <laughs> A phlegms, nope. <laughs> I, I guess phlegm are. That's what the patrons are paying for, big B. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're watching a movie. Speaking of sixty nine, nice, nice, nice. The murders happened in sixty nine. Did they really? Yes. Oh well, then hell yeah. Yeah, the original so, like spree. Ooh, yeah. Gross. Gross. We're talking about Slumber Party Massacre. The Slumber Party the Massacre. Slumber Massacre from nineteen eighty two. And it's from 1982, and we've we've all seen the end of the movie, and we all <laughs> liked the end. We all know exactly, we all what, know exactly happened. what happened. We all made sure we watched the same version. Uh-huh. We, we were very confident. We were very careful. And um, so when when we get there, you'll go, whoa, these two people know the ending of that movie <laughs> the same amount. <laughs> and I can't wait for that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'll let you in on a secret, everybody. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't see the end of the movie. <laughs> we, were, we were preparing. We were sitting down. And I don't remember how it came up, but you were like, oh, yeah, and then they all died. And I was yeah, like, I went, they no, all no. died. And you, <laughs> went, and you went, well, except for the three. And I went, who? <laughs> and I listed them. And you're like, no, she got stabbed in the basement. I was like, she did not. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I saw an ending where... Someone died in the basement, and then it freeze-framed on their death and cut to the end. I swear to God. I also went home sick from work that day. <laughs> and I don't know if I fell asleep. 
I don't know if I accidentally hit the wrong button, but I vividly remember because I even said out loud, dang, what a cold-blooded ending. <laughs> like, I remember saying something, which means that I don't know what happened. But then Kate sat here and went, no. And she turned her laptop and played me the ending. And I went, okay. And she went, do you remember the pool? And I said, no. <laughs> I kept, like, I showed you the ending and then I kept taking it back. Like, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Do you remember this? No. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So... If we get to the end and I'm a little fuzzy, um, <laughs> something weird happened. I just, it's so weird. I wouldn't have made a comment. But then again, was I dreaming? <laughs> I don't know what happened. You like move in your sleep. Maybe you speak I, in your sleep. It's very possible yeah. that I literally dreamt an ending. Yeah. But I don't remember falling asleep. I remember watching the movie. But then again, I'm sick as hell, so... Nikki Fever dreamed out of this one. <laughs> I can't redime myself. So, do you want some notes about the movie that I absolutely did watch? Yes. Great. <laughs> okay. Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, it's actually called The Slumber Party Murders in the UK. Yes, they would so. not allow massacre. Yeah, they were... Because video nasties. Because of What? It was like they had the whole video nasties like moral panic oh, thing going on, yeah. and they were like massacre. No, let's Actually, go with murder. Not. Yeah, it's the same same deal, guys. Yeah. But okay, uh, it was made in 1982. Uh, it was directed by Amy Holden Jones, uh, who also directed Love Letters, Made to Order, The Rich Man's Wife, The Resident, but then also wrote Mystic Pizza. Oh, oh, what a cute movie! Never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a cute movie, but I have not seen the whole thing. To me, it's the same as fried green tomatoes. Exactly. I don't know why. In my head, they have the same space. Like, in yeah. my brain, they, they share a spot. They're in a cupboard together. Even though I've seen fried green tomatoes many yeah, times. And I love it. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm like, Mystic Pizza, fried green. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. They're Probably in the not. cupboard next to uh, Steel Magnolias. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. They all, like, have, in, in for some reason, also Practical Magic. They're yeah. all just there. <laughs> yeah. Of these, I have seen fried green tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see Practical Magic. I know. I love that movie. We'll have Amanda on for that one. Right. Yeah. I was like, we'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, okay, so it was uh, written by Rita Mae Brown. Uh, also did Murder, She Purred. <laughs> I, I, I talk a little bit about oh, that. Oh, boy. Very, very little. Uh, <laughs> the Women Who Loved Elvis. The Long Hot Summer, and a shit ton of books. Like, just yes. so many books. And also, lesbian poetry. Yes. I only know because it said, known for, and it said lesbian poetry. And I was on board. Yeah. So, <laughs> big fan. Um, <laughs> cinematography was Stephen L. Posey, which made me think of my sweet boy, Tyler, Tyler Posey. Posey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any relation? I hope. Um, he awesome. uh, also uh, did Welcome to 18, Lone Star Kid, A Man with Three Wives, and Bloody Birthday. Huh. I don't know any of them. Nor I. I've heard of Lone Star Kid, though, and A Man with Three Wives. For some reason, those are the two that I was like, I've heard of these. Huh. But I didn't know. Um, hard to find uh, stuff on the guy who did the music. The music was Ralph Jones. Okay. Um, also did Made to Order in Love Letters, so it seems like uh, he also, like, did a few things with uh, Amy Holden Jones because obviously she also directed Love Letter and Made to Order. So maybe they're fans of each other. I don't know. Uh, this part blew my mind. The budget. Do you already know? No. Okay, good. All right. So the budget was 220000 Okay. Not a lot. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, for the 80s though, I was like, it's a pretty solid amount. Yeah. Guess how much it made at the box office? I don't think it did well at the box office. I don't... I give nothing away. It ga it gained cult status mm -hmm. in the years following. Yeah. Uh, 
50,000. 3.6 million. No! What? That part blew my mind. Jesus. Because I, like you, was like, oh, it got cult following after. Like, yeah. it didn't do well at the box office. No. That's one of the first facts that I looked up. I was like, Summer Party Massacre. And it was like, made 3.6 million. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me? But then it says that it had mixed reviews by critics. Yeah. So it's like everybody was pumped to see it. I assume because slumber party mm-hmm. and, you know, men are like, Yeah. And, all right. And yeah. so that's, I don't know. It did really okay. well, apparently. I, um, okay, yeah. I was afraid to guess too high. And I, it made its money back and it had a very small budget to begin yes. with. Okay. So that's okay. why I was absolutely baffled. So like you, when you were like, oh, pretty small, I was like, I would have said the exact same thing. Okay. So you were correct in this. Um, I will say this was my one fun fact that made me laugh kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you were laughing across the table and I was just, like, I can't wait to hear about it. It's not even that wild. It just, it just got me for some reason. Hold on. I had to like, go get it. Um, okay. So, uh, Amy Holden Jones was, uh, is a film editor, obviously also. Um, and she wanted to ask a few directors for advice and like, she was working on the script and doing all these things. And, um, after filming, I think, like, some test shots, they decided, like, oh, okay, let's make this movie. This is going to be good. And uh, guess what she turned down to make this movie? E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yes! <laughs> she turned down editing yep. E.T. Yep. And I thought that was the funniest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, like, every article I read, it's like, by the way, she left E.T. to left make this. E.T. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> So I'm glad, I'm glad it wasn't just me that would have thought that was very oh, funny. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, that made me laugh. Um, that was all I really had. That that was it. I just thought that was really funny. Nice. <laughs> so those are my those are my fun facts. Those are my um, notes. Delight. I don't want to. I don't want to. I didn't even it? see the end. Okay? <laughs> I know. How I can like, I do this? What if now was when I found out that you fever dreamt the end? Like, what if now was when you say, and then they all died? And I was like, hold on. Yeah. What <laughs> if we had gotten to the like? I was like, my scariest moment is honestly the freeze frame, and you were like. The what now? And I was like, when everyone dies. I wish that we hadn't found out early because finding out on air would have been the funniest fucking thing in the world. We thought briefly that I watched a different movie. I, That's where things got real bad because I was yeah. like, how many are there? Well, there are three at least. But they're... Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Because well, We I at least like, watched the same movie yes. because we went through and she kept going, this part? I went, yeah. This part? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I went through and did the same thing to be like, did I? So yes, we watched it. Um, uh, a serial killer crashes a slumber party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a uh, real close to the one that I pulled from. No, really? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Someone with a power drill shows up uninvited to Trish's high school pajama party. <laughs> <laughs> I chose that one because all the others were like ableism is fun. So oh, God. I mean, he's like the way that he is referenced he's... within the movie is quote-unquote psychotic oh and right so like all of them are like a mentally disturbed and i was like oh, i don't God, like i don't that. like that yeah no i don't like that no so that's why i said someone with a power drill <laughs> anyone can have a power drill anyone okay? <laughs> all genders can have power drills the people have all drills <laughs> for the people our power <laughs> our power drills <laughs> oh god all right wow that was so fast i was for a second i was like it's time for nerd corner and i went oh no 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 we have more but we don't. It's time. It is time. I'm excited. I hope that this gives me <laughs> context for this good, good movie. <laughs> I hope so, too. 
what if you do Nerd Corner and I truly did just watch a different movie? What if I dreamt this movie and it's just eerily accurate to the real thing? What if I make up? I just freestyled Nerd Corner and add in like unicorns and shit. I would have to believe you. You could add in anything at this point. You have rare power in this moment now to say anything you want. I would have to go, probably. So... Go ahead. <laughs> if she gaslights me, nobody tell me. It'll be funnier that way. <laughs> All right. Everything's going really well. We're going to cut it out, but happy 69th episode. Happy Kate 69th just like burped place. through a laugh and I snorted. So cheers. Cheers. 69. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, refreshing. Refreshing. Champers. <laughs> Champers. Oh, that um, hotel in Marietta. <laughs> I love that hotel. I'm I think go back fondly anytime. about the bartender. I hope he's still there. He was having none of the ghosts. And honestly, no. I thought that was very funny. Remember when Remember he took we... the EMF up to the paper ghost that was <laughs> And he was like, oh, <laughs> Remember when you and I absolutely were a little bit drunk on champagne and yes. walked around the hotel yes. at like 10 p.m. going, ghosts. <laughs> and <laughs> and just to the roof, took spooky pictures. <laughs> we just kept walking by every elevator going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and one time it went off and we went, I can't. Nope. And we just like, And neither was do elevators. No. Nope. So we were like, well, the ghost is there and there they shall stay. <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> All we right. Respect their privacy. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was torn mm-hmm. on what to focus on for Nerd Corner because there's a lot here in this film with many mythical creatures. Stop it. <laughs> I really thought for a while about liminal spaces, yeah. but I didn't know if I could really justify spending a whole ass nerd corner on it when it's not actually the focal point of the film. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll cover ones too that'll be like yes. my next funky. one is, but I will someday. Yeah, get to wax poetic about liminal <laughs> I can't spaces because <laughs> there's going to be something that really focuses. I'm on sure that. we will. Yeah, but like the part that like really got me was like where you have the gym shower scene, just like this homoerotic yeah. playground. And then it becomes a killing ground in the liminal space of school after hours. And like, it's, I loved it's it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I like this movie a lot. I know. <laughs> but instead, I will spend this time talking about symbolism, satire, and second wave feminism, among other things. But those had S's, so I had to do that. <laughs> we love alliteration here. We love alliteration here. I do, though. I, it's one of my favorite things. It's fun. It's really fun. But before I get into all that, I mm-hmm. want to take a moment to recap the differences. Differences. <laughs> get it all out. <laughs> it was just like a little special flair on the difference there. <laughs> uh, so between pastiche, parody, and satire. Yes. Pastiche is an imitation of style meant mm-hmm. to pay homage to another work. Homage? Homage? I don't know. I say homage, but... Okay. I'm afraid that I'll sound like a snob if I say no, homage. No, I think homage. Okay. And also pastiche, don't forget, is a fake beard that they wore in Egyptian times. Hey, so. I did forget. Never again. Okay. I, every time you say it, I go, oh, beard. <laughs> the cinematographer beards. Cinematographer. Cinematographer beard. <laughs> Things are going well. I'm thriving. <clears throat> so, uh, pastiche generally corresponds to elements of cinematography. Mm-hmm. So, like, camera movement angles, lighting, scene composition, etc. Yeah. So, if you think of, like, the Kubrick stare, that's a right. combination of, like, angle movement, like, all that stuff. The important part here is that pastiche is not mocking the original work. It is honoring it. Mm-hmm. Parody is imitation plus mockery. And <laughs> it's generally narrowed to focus on a specific work. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I mentioned this in the Cabin in the Woods episode. I was going to say, I was like, yeah. I think it was Cabin in yeah. the Woods. Uh, but Vampire Sucks is a parody of Twilight. Mm-hmm. Austin Powers parody of James Bond. It's right. not like Vampire Sucks is all of the teenage vampires. It's right. very specifically Twilight. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not as familiar with Austin Powers oh. as I am Twilight. God, I love Austin Powers so much. I think I've seen half of some of them. I used to watch them like way too much as a kid. I don't know My why. mom loves Austin Powers. It was like a, you know how some kids just like will watch a movie over and over again. Yeah. Their parents are like, oh, stop. That Twister. Was, <laughs> you with Twister. <laughs> yeah. That was me with a lot of weird movies. Uh, Geppetto, uh, Dead Alive. <laughs> I, yes, I would often switch between Geppetto, Dead Alive, From Hell, From hell. Freaky Friday, oh. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Annie. Well, <laughs> I had a, yeah, I, I had, I contain layers. Okay. <laughs> like an onion. A lot yeah. of hobbies. Like an onion. Uh-huh, I had a lot uh-huh. of hobbies. Love it. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, from what I've found, the important part is generally that parody is mocking the original work itself. Mm-hmm. The commentary is focused on the work, like the actual element that it is parodying. Yeah. Parodying. Parodying. <laughs> Sorry, that threw me back to something, but then I got stuck like halfway through the throw and I was like, where was I being thrown? Where am I now? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was trying to send me to a scene in Clue, but I don't know where and I came back You'll get there <laughs> someday. What differentiates satire is that satire uses the original work to critique something larger. Mm-hmm. So that makes it kind of difficult to mm-hmm. pin down exactly where a slumber party massacre falls, right. but I feel relatively comfortable calling it a satire mm-hmm. as we'll get into. Yeah. So the time has come to recognize the varied intentions among the creators of this film. <laughs> I think it's important to situate where we are and provide a little context to how we got here. Yeah. And I gave you a little bit of a spoiler yeah. on the way to the Space Museum. <laughs> we went to the Space Museum. You so can fun. see a really good picture of it that I took and Kate's on it, so don't worry about it. Uh-huh. And if you saw my story, you can see my also very good photo that Nikki's definitely not in. <laughs> I cropped Kate out, okay? My bad. Cut me in half. A girl's gotta do what she gotta do. <laughs> God. Went to the Space Museum. <laughs> it was cruel. And I think it's very funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I got back at you. <laughs> you did. It was very funny. <laughs> okay, so we'll start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The writer. Uh, Rita Mae Brown is a feminist author who is also known for her cat-centric mystery novel series. <laughs> yeah! I shelved them a lot when I worked at a used bookstore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, their mystery is solved by a human and her cats. Hell uh, yes! Rita Mae Brown and uh, gave her cat, Sneaky Pie, co-author credit. Sneaky Pie! Sneaky Pie Brown is the co-author on the mysteries. I'll read them. Mm-hmm. I will. Go to Half Price. You'll find all of them. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy. Yeah. I have not read any of them. Um, outside of Feline Capers, she was active in a number of social justice causes since the 60s. She was involved in the anti-war movement, civil rights movement, and a number of queer liberation movements. Hell yeah, Rita Mae Brown. The general trend is that she left each of these groups because of the marginalizing of women outright or specifically queer women within those groups. Oh. So, uh, like, within a now National Organization of Women, she mm-hmm. was like, you're, like, excluding lesbians. Or, yeah. like, in another one, she's like, you just hate women in general. And they're like, there's no room for the women here. God. Uh, so, she was very, like involved and engaged but then right. she was like you're not you're making, like excluding yeah you're not making space yeah. for people yeah okay and i also want to say like a lot of mainstream women's movements and feminist movements excluded women Still. of color oh absolutely so it's like it's not like oh no one likes the lesbians here it's like no a lot of people were excluded from a lot right of like yeah oh my god and i'm not at all familiar with any of her feminist nonfiction work i've not read anything rita mm-hmm. may brown uh, but she was politically active in the 60s to the 80s, and mm-hmm. that places her right in second wave feminist yeah. era. There are critiques, of course, to using the wave analogy or classification for feminism, mm-hmm. but broadly, 
if you're looking at popular feminist discourse of this time period, you're seeing a shift away from the suffrage movement, which was focused on legal rights for mostly white women, mm-hmm. to a movement that broadened the focus to sexual violence, intimate partner violence, and patriarchal institutions. Okay. It's fair to say that, again, mainstream feminist discourse has tended to center the experiences of white people mm-hmm. and relied on and reinforced a binaristic view of gender. Yeah. So both of those things will be relevant in our discussion of Slumber Party right. Massacre. <laughs> Uh, so we have Rita Mae Brown, who was politically active during second wave feminism and wrote this screen, wa- screen wave. Screen wave. <laughs> screen wave. I like it. <laughs> it's tropical up in here. Uh, she wrote this screenplay towards the tail end of that period. Yeah. Again, not super familiar with her specific ideology, but in my perusal, I didn't see any acknowledgement of trans and non-binary folks. And generally, second wave feminism was not known for talking about gender outside of right. the binary. There was a lot of organizing around the social and political identity and experience of being a woman. Yeah. But in the mainstream, there wasn't a strong threat of pushing back on gender essentialism. Yeah. That is all to say that Rita Mae Brown's screenplay, which was intended as a satire of slashers like Halloween and Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. also has a very binary view of gender and gender politics. Yeah. It is a critique of sexism and the inherent violence of it, but it does not move past genitalia equals gender. As we talked about previously, there was a kind of formula developed for the slasher right and at the core there has to be transgression for which there will be punishment the building blocks of a classic slasher would be the final girl the sexually frustrated killer the often phallic weapon the Mm -hmm. victims and the shock yeah if you're looking at the classical period we talked extensively (laughs) about this last halloween like a year ago uh the classical period the transgression is usually sexual in nature Mm -hmm. a young girl has sex outside of wedlock alert the church elders but wait you don't have to because the knife wielding masked man just did it for you yeah um, he went directly to the church elders right. to tell them, yeah, he that's was like, what he does. got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in Rita Mae Brown's slasher, we are shown a range of women simply existing. The line woman for the phone company, the basketball player that wanted her school book so she could study over the weekend. Mm-hmm. The friends were having a nice little night in. Because transgression is not highlighted as the reason for their demise, it allows us to see the pointlessness of the violence mm-hmm. and how simply existing as a woman in society is seen as justification for violence. Right. I almost misread my notes and said the politeness of violence. <laughs> Not the pointlessness. <laughs> mind if I kill you? <laughs> Do you mind? Is that okay. If I just scoot past you and stab you in the oh, back? Bless your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Aren't you just a doctor? <laughs> so again, this is the way it is portrayed by Brown. Yeah. Uh, looking at it from a very second wave man-woman binary point of view. Yes. The women and girls in the film are wearing dresses and jerseys, talking about baseball and boys, studying for exams and smoking a little weed. Going oh, wild. Mm-hmm. They aren't singled out because of a specific transgression. Uh, many of them would be seen as final girl material on account of their purity. Their transgression is existing. So in this way, Brown uses the slasher formula to highlight violence against women and the way it is exploited to make money. Throughout the film, we have overtly phallic imagery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, items that symbolize a penis and sexual violence. It's not just the drill, but the machete. And the way that she symbolically castrates him by claiming another phallic symbol, machete, <laughs> as her weapon of choice, and cutting off his drill tip. Yeah. I legitimately laughed out loud <laughs> at that point. <laughs> In these moments, you really see the satirical elements of the script shining through. Yeah. And if you've seen uh, the Nick Cage remake of Wicker Man, do you remember the kids are chanting phallic symbol, phallic symbol? <laughs> <laughs> and so that just like, I heard the children chanting, God. which is generally not what you want to hear. No, not no. usually. <laughs> So Brown wrote a satire. Mm-hmm. She was not the director. No. Nope. When it was picked up by Amy Holden Jones, it was a slasher played straight. This was without serious rewrites of the script. So we have a satire script shot straight by a different director. We have this wry and sometimes like absurd moment in the script peeking through a film that is shot in classic slasher fashion. It's, it's On- great. 
And on top of that, we have the executive producer who wanted tits and then more tits. Did you hear me? Not enough tits, I said. That's what I imagine he was like on set or like wherever executive producers proclaim things. I picture him just like angrily running into the room being like, I haven't seen enough! (laughs) And everyone's like, oh my god, oh my god! Like, there's room for more boob. Honest to God, every time they did a shoot, he was like, take the shirt off! And that's wild. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. So we have a script intended as a feminist satire (laughs) slasher films (laughs) in order to point out the faults of the subgenre. Of course. We have a director that shot it as a straight up classic slasher and a male uh, executive (laughs) producer that was like more gratuitous boobs, if you don't mind. (laughs) It's just three people who were like, do you mind if we never talk? Yeah. (laughs) They all made their own separate like... Contribution. Oh, At this point, I got very distracted trying to make a tit pun, and the closest I got was gratuitous. 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 I think gratuitous is it. I don't know what you. I don't know why you worked so hard. That was easy as hell. I actually did think of that one. He didn't write it down. I, I was really leaning towards tit for some reason. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand wanting to be tit forward. But sometimes you gotta let the boob lead. <laughs> I will learn. From Put this. your best boob forward. <laughs> Definitely the left one. I know. It's <laughs> like right. Which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So this very strange mix of people contributing to the movie could have created an unintelligible maelstrom of mismatched energies. Yeah. And to be fair, this movie did not land for everyone. (laughs) But as I was watching, I saw the countless callouts of the slasher subgenre. There is more than one final girl. They're not chosen based on supposed purity or chastity. The killer's weapon is a ridiculously obvious phallic symbol that is later destroyed by one of said final girls. The male gaze is nearly tangible, and the most violent on-screen deaths are those of men in the film. Yeah. Jeff and What's-His-Face, the neighbor. Uh, oh, Jeff and What's-His-Face, Neil. Yes. Also the neighbor. <laughs> uh, the pizza delivery man, etc. Yeah. They have the most gruesome on-screen deaths. Yeah, they're gross. When the women in the film are killed, it's generally toned down or off-screen. So where does this leave us? <laughs> At this point, I feel like it's up to every viewer to take away what they want to. And from my perspective, I engage with it fully as satire. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But so there are so many options for how to take this movie, and it happened for four fucking decades. And that's wild to me. (laughs) And so it's just like a ride the whole fucking time because you could say, man, I love tits and I love slashers and walk away happy. Right. You could also say, I love societal critiques in bed with horror films and walk away thrilled. (laughs) Or you could be like, I love blood. Yeah. Lucky you. (laughs) Lucky you. I like eating pizza over the corpse of someone that I don't know. You're going to be very happy. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. It's got something for everyone, it I does. think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's society. <laughs> that's so good. I Yeah, you gave me a sneak peek. And I will say, like, I heard the sneak peek before I watched it. So I was sort of looking for it, but not necessarily, like, letting it influence the way I saw it. I was hoping I it wouldn't ruin it. it for you. No, 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 no. Um, it was just very funny because they would say lines and I'd be like, 
<laughs> I can tell who wrote this. Uh-huh. But I can also tell who directed this because they just said it like, yeah, whatever. It's just a normal line. But then I was like, it's not though. Courtney not. and the banana and the lollipop. It was so funny. And the boys, when they were like, ha ha ha, let's go prank them, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but they could kick our ass. And yep. he goes, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but they're saying it like relatively, like it's a usual line, which uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of not. And it just made me laugh really hard. Mm-hmm. The, the talk about sports, like any other film, I feel like where the, the women would have been like really into sports, it would have been like a joke or something or played up. Yeah. But they were just like, no, we just love sports. They were say is Homer. And I was like, yeah. oh, and oh, I was like, this is great. Yeah. I was like, I love this. It was, <laughs> it was just really funny. So the whole time I was going, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can tell who wrote this, but I can also tell who fucking produced it. Yep. When, okay, the very first scene when she is like getting up out of bed and you have the moment where like there's the, a murderer has escaped and she's like, yawn. She's like, I'm bored. And then she immediately like tits out. I was like, okay, I respect for the nipple. You can see like three, you can see all three people's influence immediately. You're just like, oh, 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 okay. Yep. And I, like, I had a moment when they're in the locker room, I was like, what did Nikki and I choose? Like, I'm not mad. Right. But I'm also wondering, like, what have we done? Yeah. And yeah, pretty much. And then, like, halfway, not halfway through, but further, and I was like, oh, okay, I see okay. what we did. <laughs> Basically, uh, if you're going to watch the movie, just be ready. <laughs> it's a whirlwind. I don't know how else to put sure it. Sure it is. And watch the end. It's a good ending. The it's ending a really good ending. It makes you think it and wonder. It makes you really rethink everything you thought you knew about the end yes um which is what you want yeah watch it for sure (laughs) okay i have some notes (laughs) let's hope i watched the movie i guess reading these notes now we'll know what if there's a note about the end because then we'll know what i thought and what i wrote who fucking knows (laughs) let's just see wait okay gratuitous oh no okay never mind um you scrolled the end to see yeah, apparently I didn't write a lot of notes. Um, we I were said, dying. I so. was dying. It's true. <laughs> Boobs immediately. Yes. That's what I wrote immediately. Because yes. like, she just like, I, I didn't know for sure if that's where it was going to go. I saw her kind of stretch and I went, no, they're not going to. And then she takes her shirt off and I went, okay, well, yep, here I, we go. We had a very similar moment. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> taken aback. I will say too, like, um, since most of my notes are... Um, a sick haze i'll just say now what i noticed and didn't write down is that you can easily tell that this is inspired by classic slashers yeah because so much of it reminded me of halloween the way they shoot like the street the povs the the street immediately i Mm -hmm. was like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." you know what else it reminded me of too was um uh the christmas one that we watched uh with caroline oh Um, black christmas black christmas oh I have a note about Do you this. really? Yes. Yeah, there were some shots on the stairway and like the way that they like, um, not liminal space, but uh, negative space. Yeah. The way that they would just use like a big room that didn't feel like it had anything in it. But at the same time, it, it kind of did. You know what I mean? Like in uh, Black Christmas, I feel like there was a moment that I loved where it's like this big empty room, but the phone is ringing and you're not really supposed to see anything, but the phone is ringing and you're kind of just focusing on that. Yeah. And then there's that moment with the coach where she walks in and there's really not that much going on in the room, but there's that body under the sheet that is like just very still. So we notice it. And I feel like there's so much negative space to look at, but you're staring right at that. So it just had so many good moments of like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Two Black Christmas things. One that yeah. I clocked while watching and one that I am intrigued to ask you about. Yeah. Um, the garment bag. When oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that is like, seems like a very clear tie to yep, Black Christmas. Yep, yep. The one that I'm wondering, doesn't Black Christmas end with a knife in a basement and a cut? Attic. And not a basement. I thought she was in the basement with her boyfriend and the killer gets in through the window and it ends with him like being like, wah. I thought that it was in the attic. Well, and that's they, what the they dead show... body's been. Oh, you end with the dead body in the attic? I thought, right? Okay. But I thought that there was a basement night There scene. is. There is a basement Okay, because I'm like, scene. maybe. So maybe. You filled in. I just was like, well, I missed the ending, so Black Christmas. Like, <laughs> maybe I just invented it. I don't know. But my note was, yeah. like, my ideal triple feature uh-huh. is Jennifer's Body, Slumber Party Massacre, Black Christmas. Ooh. Those are, those are, they all have, like, similar vibes. Yeah. But, but be, being so different as well. They tie each other together. Yeah. But, like, you wouldn't get bored. You wouldn't be like, I'm watching the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because Black Christmas is more serious, yeah. I guess, in a way. It's like slower. It's, yeah, it's slower. It's, like it's slower less burn. satire and more like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's something, you know? Yeah. And Jennifer's body is more like right in your face funny, but also, yeah. I don't know. It's comedy without making fun of anything. It's kind of its own thing, but still having that same genre of, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You're just right. <laughs> I just like, I was watching like, probably halfway through, I was like, okay, I want to like, curate yeah a night oh. and if i could choose three movies that i think would all complement each other mm-hmm. it would be jennifer's body slim and pretty mask or black christmas yeah they really would that would be a good one we should do this we should do this <laughs> we should i love this um but yes uh, all to say that like everything about it just gave me they did a good job of they being a like really good job i want to remind you of so many movies but also not being all just one because that's the whole point, right? Yeah. I mean, this isn't making fun of one movie. This is it's not a shot, be, shot remake of Halloween. Right. It's not like it's not like you said like Vampire Suck where it's Twilight. This yeah. is supposed to be like the overarching genre of slasher, um, and you can tell because like a million times I'd be like, it's that one, and then I'd be like, oh, and then that one too, and then yep. this, and like <laughs> it was just so fun. It felt like I was watching Halloween. There's so many POV moments where I was like, that's straight out of like the moment where the kid has the mask and, and it also Halloween starts with boobs right away. Yeah, it it, does. I feel like it was so cheeky. (laughs) This feels very gratifying to watch having seen the ones that is satirizing. And it's just like, I feel very lucky that I watched it now. Yes. When I've actually seen the other ones. (laughs) Very happy that I saw this later in our episodes because now I'm like I feel so prepared yeah (laughs) it was just great so I don't have anything necessarily like specific to say about lighting or this or that other than to say it all felt like it felt like a bunch of other movies mashed into one Mm -hmm. but still being its own thing and I love that now I'll go back to my (laughs) fever dream notes which who knows what I wrote this will be fun for us. Short episode because who knows if I watch the end. I don't know. And there's no way to know. I did say murder so fast. Um, the phone woman. I can't wait to talk about that, but oh. I'll get to it. Um, I, said, I did write, Diane, don't hog the ball. I laughed really hard when they were just like, says, Larry Bird, you ain't. And I was like, oh, <laughs> brutal. I was dying when they're just like, Diane, don't hog the ball. I was like, damn, fucking call her out, bro. I, I wrote absolutely wild. And then I wrote the close-up of the butt can, like... I... Yeah. Yeah. 
if you haven't seen it, um, there is a nude shower scene. Now, don't all rush to the, the movie at once. But no. <laughs> there's a, a shower scene where everyone is just... It, it, but it's not done, like, overly sexual. It's mostly just funny that it's there. You can tell that it's very... You can tell yeah. that it's written not to be sexual. But then this person was like, but make it. <laughs> and she's watching. I was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. with your... I'm... And then she passes the soap to the and next she person. Passes the soap. So, like... Even though you're watching this and in any other movie that you would have been like, oh, yeah, shower scene. But they're all just like, oh, good job passing the ball. Don't ever give it to Diane. Like, they're just having a conversation. And then the they're still, still talking. And the camera just goes, and just zooms in on her butt for a second. Uh-huh. And then just back up. And then it's like, okay, now to the other one. It's like, are we going to do this with every yeah, girl alive? I really was like, are we just, is this it? The tour de butt? The tour de butt, which that's fine, but it was just yeah. weird and funny. Yeah. Second to the tour de tit. But, <laughs> oh, mm, yes. Uh, when they're walking in, you just have like, you know, locker room chatter. And she's like, you know, I think your tits have gotten bigger. And two girls at the same time go, mine? That <laughs> made me laugh so <laughs> hard. Oh, mine? Mine? <laughs> I was like. <laughs> it really captured locker room energy. Absolutely, that's the thing is that like. I feel like the producer did his very best to be like, we want men to think this is sexy. But all it did was make me be like, yeah, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. Yeah. Like, even the close-up of the butt, I was like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never felt like I was like, oh, yeah. The yeah. whole time I was just like, oh, girls in the locker room all having a good time. <laughs> and even at one point she was like, no boys. And then she's yeah. like, I'd love to see you there. And I was like, there's some tension there's some tension between trish and valerie am i, I imagining know. it <laughs> i know she was like no boys i'm gonna invite valerie i don't care what you guys say and i was like kiss valerie i swear to god like, no, kiss. <laughs> i was like <laughs> it was just it was very funny yes so don't worry if you're worried because the producer made this a tits out film <laughs> i don't think he got what he wanted tits out the porn version of nines out <laughs> You know that's already a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What law is it if if it exists? Oh is, right, like, I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's a thing. Yeah. And you know that oh, the ending of, of the movie where she's sitting in that chair and all the knives are pointed at her, it's dicks. dicks. Yeah. It's dicks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. if it doesn't, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, copyright. Copyright. Tm tm tm. Um, I don't have much more. Uh, I just said, didn't stop to pet the cat. That girl's not well. Like, no, I, no. she just walks past it, and I was like, How dare girl. you? How could you? <laughs> that shook me more than the murders. <laughs> yeah, I was like, A psychopath. Um, here, here. I know. I In like, my her. neighborhood. Here she is. <laughs> um, but then I also said, The way they keep ignoring the murder announcement is hilarious. So that is done funny. so well. She just like turns off the radio because it, I love it. It happens so many times, but it's subtle enough that you're like, you don't notice it at first. You're just like, oh, maybe she didn't hear it. And then you're like, girl. Yep. <laughs> and she just keeps turning it off. Uh-huh. And it makes sense. That's hilarious. So they just yeah. kept ignoring this very important thing. <laughs> and I'm like, if they hadn't, movie over. I mean, and would have ruined it. Funny, because even with all of that, they're not like comically falling into every no. bad trope. They are the most self-sufficient group of people oh, yeah. ever. They do the smartest things. They like, like the boys split up, the girls do not. And like oh when she's like, Oh, I remember that this could be unlocked. Yes. Did you lock it? And she's like, 
I don't know. And then she's like, well, since I was the one to do it, I'll go with you. And I was like, okay, accountability. We love to right. see it. And then they go together. Yeah. And it's like, they make all the right choices. And it's just, it's great. It's yeah. great to see all of them just be very sufficient and good at this and still like, yeah. they, you can't make it past the slasher movie, you know? But it's still really cool. Yes. Um, I also just said they kicked the shit out of us, laughed my ass off. It was mm-hmm. so funny. Because it's just very rare to see a movie where men are like, oh, the girls could kill us. Like, they're still being absolutely skeezy, yeah. but they know that if they're caught, they're dead. And I think that's so funny. And it wasn't glamorized as, like, this fun, titillating, sexy thing. Yeah. They were, like, the boys themselves were infantilized, being like, look how, not amateur, that's not the word I'm looking for, but look how immature they are yeah. doing this, and this is an invasion. And so right. it's like, oh, the male gaze, but we are not, like idolizing no. the way that they are looking through a window at they girls undressing. And the girls weren't doing anything. Like, I feel like in some movies they'll purposefully yeah. have the girls do, like, putting on a show without yeah. actually doing I'm it. I'm going to arch my back while yes, I put on my socks. exactly. <laughs> or they'll be like, mind if I just eat some chocolate? Like, it's just something I'll so you stupid. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just dumb as shit. Yeah. But instead they were just like, oh, here you go. Let me change my shirt real quick. Yeah. Whatever. We're all friends. Yeah. And then the boys were like, Oh, yeah. It's like the like, comfort among like yes. women versus what the men sexualize yes. all the things. Yeah. And that's what's so funny, too, because that is just a thing, too, yeah. is that men will find anything sexy. And it's it's so funny. It's just yep. like we're just sitting there calmly. Like they were just sitting. Like one girl was just sitting on the couch, slumped over with her tits out. And they were like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, OK, relax. <laughs> we can cut this. One of my favorite pastimes is finding the unsexiest ways to put on lotion on my oh, legs. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, it's always so like, mm, and I'm like, like, how can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> I always do it like, just like, <laughs> one leg on the toilet. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> I dare a man to watch me put on lotion. One thing that I also think is really funny that they show women doing really sexy is putting on tights. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, watch me put on tights. I, it is the least attractive thing I can do is put I on tights. I dare a man <laughs> to watch me put on tights and still think, I'd like to fuck her. <laughs> they show women like doing it one leg at a time and they're like so sexy. And I'm like, now show the part where they have to sit down and put yep. the other leg on. And they're like, <laughs> now show them realizing once they've gotten it to their mid thighs that they ran on tights and they have to go back down to their ankles and, and hide their nails and put them back up and slowly accordion their tights on. There's nothing more degrading than pulling your nails in and just clawing at tights and going, please don't put a hole in And you're just, I don't have time for a run. I dare anyone. To think that is sexy. Least sexy thing. So, take that. I just think it's very funny. (laughs) All that to say, women doing anything, men will find a way to be like, yeah, baby. Yep. (laughs) Okay, sure. Also, one of the funniest parts of this whole fucking movie was the snail murderer. That is one of my potential scales is snail hunts. (laughs) The snail murderer... (laughs) That has to be... What did you say the rating was? Uh, Snail hunts. <laughs> I have a lot of I have a lot of rating options. Snail One of them hunts. is pizza feelings because oh she's like God. I feel my best after I eat pizza. <laughs> I can't. I died when he was just like. Also, he he gives a fine. Who is it that's out in the? Uh, do you remember? It's Mr. 
the guy, but who's the girl that he comes up behind? Oh, Jule... Diane? Diane? Diane. Okay, it's the one that doesn't pass the ball. The snobby one. (laughs) snobby one. Well, he comes out with a machete behind her, and is like... And you're like, oh, so scary. And he's... Poor snail. He smacks the snail, and then goes, hope I didn't scare you. It's like, what? You were inches away from her face with with a cleaver. Or a cleaver, yeah. And you're like... Oh, no, no worries. And she's like, no, I see this every day. <laughs> oh, my dad also hunts snakes. Yep, and he's like, I'm looking for number 54. <laughs> it was so funny. He's like, yeah, lucky, 54. And then dead. Yeah. The snail hunter becomes the huntee. <laughs> Ultimately, was- the killer is uh, 70 snails oh. in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Those, I'm not joking. Those are my Do you want to did I stop after the snail hunt? Did that part make me <laughs> laugh so hard that I died and came back with halfway life? through? Where was I? Okay. Whoa. Well, let's hear your notes. <laughs> uh, so my first note is, all right, let's do this. Dude, it's not even a tight 90. It's barely over an hour. It's so short. It's an hour and 20, I think. And if you're me, it's even shorter. Because you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fall asleep and imagine the rest. <laughs> That's my head cannon. We don't know. <laughs> There's no way to know for sure. <laughs> Relax. Um, I fucking love the title sequence. Just being like, here it is. And then I have this note, and I know that you'll understand yeah. how I say it, but here comes the blood. <laughs> here comes the blood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I think, in the um, uh, phone line van, where it's like, yeah. splash of blood. Yes, like, yeah, okay, finally. She's like, boop, there it is. Boop, <laughs> boop there it is. <laughs> Uh, and then I have in, like, I was typing as I was watching. I was like, oh, well, not me think I had a speck on my screen and trying to give it off. Give it off? Get it off. I can say words. Um, and then my next note was, I need Nikki to tell me if the film grain is legit or added in post. Uh, I think it's legit. It, it felt very realistic. Um, my assumption is that, I could be wrong. I would have to actually look at the IMDb notes. But my assumption is that this was obviously made for film. It was low budget. Yeah, and it was, like, probably filmed on film. And then a parent, and then I'm guessing they digitalized it. Yeah. So if they did, then they can't control the grain that yeah. would have came with it. Because so. like the first, I I did not notice it, it also after the title real, sequence. Yeah, it is Q dots. So yes. I was like, oh, big old splotch. Yeah. Uh, so like it was very grainy in the first ten minutes, and after that, I either acclimatized to it or it got better. Usually you, <laughs> yeah, usually you like yeah. forget about that. Yeah. But the big splotch in the beginning, actually, I, it wasn't even a Q dot. That was a straight up like mistake oh okay i was wondering because it's fucking big i remember looking at it and going what what happened here yeah so my guess is that yes this is probably because it's not like a huge huge film i'm guessing there couldn't have been that many copies and potentially when they did it they were like this is the best looking one and you obviously can't control like the quality of like the film that you uh digitalized so fruit fly dove upon it giving his last moments probably it got caught on a, yeah. the teeth of the thing. And uh, then it like, yeah. I told you about how I fucked up the entire yes. price. <laughs> I just let it run on those teeth and went, oh, well. Huh? <laughs> I it's it was, a very special copy now. I thought it was snowing in the movie. And I oh, went, that's so no. weird that it's just snowing. And then it finally cuts to the daytime. And I went, oh, I did that. <laughs> and I had to stop the movie. <laughs> Things are fine now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think I think you're right. I'm guessing. I could I could easily find out for you for for real, but it was more my like assumption. my assumption was that's real film grain. Yeah, it's if it's highly a movie unlikely that's... that it was first of all not 
a thing that naturally happened on this 1982 low budget film. A movie that old. Yeah. There's no way that they were like, oh, let's make it look old. It is old. It is old. Yeah. And it's like, if it was like a blockbuster movie that had like hella budget, then I don't like, know. Maybe. But I think 200000 you said it was the budget? Yeah, just about. Now you, now you got it. Now I have to know. Yeah, yes. it's 35 millimeter. Fuck yeah. Um, camera. Yep. Okay. Mono. Printed film format. 35. Yep. Hey. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you for checking that. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I had to do it after you were like, I hope. I was like, now I have to know. No, I appreciate that because we are the same, you and I. <laughs> so my guess is that, yes, it was a, okay. uh, yeah. Well, you know, swim, breed, squirm, as they say. Swim, breed, squirm. We yeah. love it. Uh, and then my next note, she's getting rid of her stuffed animals. And it's like she's going through and it's like she just throws all of them into the bag mercilessly. She gets to a dog. She doesn't want to get rid of it. That's fine. She has a moment. She puts it back, but the clown stays. She didn't even (laughs) question the clown. She was like, I know you got me. Yeah. (laughs) If nobody got me, I know the clown got me. Or it's like, I'm too scared to try to get rid of you. She was like, if I get rid of you, we're all dead. It's like, don't show your intention. Don't make eye contact. Leave. (laughs) She knows to just. Let yeah. it be. Let it go. Yeah. Uh, and then a fucking chain on the door. This is when uh, ja- Julie. <laughs> yeah, one of them. Uh, is locked in the school. And I was like, that's a fire code violation. Oh, I sure. know. It's like they didn't watch Green Room. It, I, there's no way that a school would just be like, time to lock up for the day and do a giant chain. No. There's no way. There's no way. But then no again, way. I don't fucking know. It's the 80s. You do whatever you want then. And also, it was entirely possible that it was the murderer. No, yeah. But, okay, fair but, enough. <laughs> I was just like looking at that. I was like, that's a fire code violation. Absolutely. Uh, and then I have my note that I think I mentioned earlier. It's like, ah, oh, the showers. The previously homoerotic <laughs> playground is now a hunting ground. Invasion of the masculine into this liminal space. And oh, then it was, yeah. They do a similar thing in It, which I think is great. Yeah. Because it's already, but it's the opposite. Instead of being like, ooh, a sexy time. It's like kids are already scared of it in gym class. And then yeah. they make it something to genuinely be frightened of. Yeah. Showers are scary. Yeah. We should talk about showers and film and how they're used. You'll have your shower. I'll have my mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. We could. If we never find films that really capture what we want, we could just do a side thing. Oh, yeah. And just talk about, like, we each pick a thing that we want to talk about, and then we have a series of case studies of how it shows up in various films. That'd be fun. It could be a patron thing. Ooh. I Patrons? Know. You thinking about it? <laughs> Join now. Let us know if you want to hear about mirrors and showers. Oh, I... Can't wait. <laughs> um, okay, and then we cut to the coach who is wearing a very like feminine robe, cooking, blah, blah, blah. Then mm-hmm. she knocks over a bottle with the red liquid, it shatters. And the way that she, like, you see the red liquid spilling across the tile, I was like, oh, that's very, like, Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. Because there's, like, a very early scene where a cask of red wine is broken and it spills and people are, like, drinking it off the cobblestone. Ooh. And it's supposed to be foreshadowing and, like, symbolism for blood. Blood will be right. spilled. Tale of Two Cities is about for you. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she takes the shard with her through the apartment. Like, the way that everyone is That's so great. on their shit, I She love. was fucking ready. And then uh, we go back to the girls at the sleepover, slumber party, and um, they, they hear glass breaking. And so they go and they're like, did a window break? No, she left the coffee pot on the burner. Oh, and yeah. And it broke. And then she just grabs it by the glass. And I was like, indestructible fingers over here. 
Because, yeah, hot hand <laughs> Solomon. Hey. Because she just, like, grabs it straight. It, it broke because the glass got too hot. And you just grab so it by the glass. why do you think you're okay? Grab life by the glass. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> Gotta grab life by the coffee pot, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was just like, okay. Indestructible <laughs> fingers over here. Um, and then Valerie, like, she has her moment where she goes out. She, like, writes the trash cans after yeah. a raccoon or some shit gets into it. It, it might have been a murder. Who knows? Yeah. Raccoon, murder, toss up. Um, but then it happens again later. And like, girl, you don't need trash that bad. Right? I'm like, go <laughs> leave it. Just let it go. Um, and then Courtney scares Valerie with a fucking knife. And like sisterly <laughs> bonding. She's like, eh. I'm, I'm like, like, oh, oh Courtney. I don't, I think. So my note, I didn't remember the name of the mm-hmm. fella that had the drill. And so I called him the drill fella. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He does have a name. And it's. He, they say it. A few uh-huh. times, but I, I can't remember it now. What it's was like it? It's like Russ something or yeah. something Russ. Yeah, it's something. Russ Thorne. Okay. I did not clock that in the Well, film. they said it multiple times, yeah. and I knew it, but I like, you know me of It names. just fell right out, yeah. Yeah. So I call him the drill fella. The drill fella. And I think what happened is this is when he is putting bodies in a trunk, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not entirely sure. And my note is the drill fella showed, showing them around crib style. <laughs> What up? My name's Drill Fella. These are my bodies. Yeah, because and then he like starts <laughs> counting the bodies and he's like, one's missing. Fuck. And it, but it was also like, gotta arrange the bodies. All right. Like, I, I don't know why. I've never been Make it look them. nice. I don't know what happened to my brain in that moment. Um and then I cut through a lot of my notes. Yeah. Uh, because they weren't worth it. Uh <laughs> but this is when Valerie and Courtney actually go to the slumber yeah. party house. And Valerie went there first. And, or sorry, Courtney went there first, yeah. and then you see Valerie, like, tailing. But Courtney's, like, at the door, and then she hears something. She thinks it's going to be Valerie, so she dips. But you still are just watching the front door yeah. from the side. And you see where the stairs for the porch are, but you don't see past the stairs. Right. And uh, your view is limited. And so you see Courtney be like, oh, shit, my sister's coming. She leaves. And then a few seconds later, empty space, you see Valerie come in, not having seen Courtney. And so to me, that was, like, a really fun shot yeah where it's like your view is limited but it feels right and you're frustrated because you're like why didn't they pass each other so it's like this misconnections but right. also it's like why can't i see more of what's happening <laughs> it's not the only time we have that limitation yeah they the do that a few times yeah which is nice i got real obsessed with the porch uh, <laughs> and then this is when courtney scares her sister again uh one more courtney. jump scare for the road from courtney <laughs> i love her uh, then the fridge, just the fucking fridge. The fridge. I, so funny. It's I was so funny. They wow. open it and just go, no, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, so for anyone that hasn't seen it, spoilers bound ahead. Yeah. Like beware. We've yeah. already spoiled. I, mean, I know. Yeah. We never do. So. We never do. No spoilers here. <laughs> uh, so Courtney and Valerie and are leaving mm-hmm. the slumber party house yes. because they heard some weird shit or like whatever. And they went to investigate and Valerie just went to find Courtney and they don't see bodies because the bodies were hidden. Right. And they don't see people because the only living people are upstairs barricaded in a bedroom. <laughs> and Courtney is like, oh, we should at least grab something for the road. And she wants to take beer from the fridge. Oh, yeah. And Valerie's like, no, we're just fucking going home. And so Courtney like opens the fridge and Kim's body like, starts Whoa. to fall out. <laughs> But it's behind the door, so Courtney doesn't see it, but we do. And she's like, fine. And she's like, but wait, 
fine. And then the third time <laughs> they find the body and they and realize. And she opens it again and she's like. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was so good. It's such a good moment. <laughs> uh, and then cut to when Coach Janet comes in. Oh, Coach. She approaches the covered fella. He rises spookily. She grabs a fire poker. <laughs> and then it's a real poker versus drill moment. It's yeah. symbols abound. Oh. Um, but... No, I'll say that for later. <laughs> uh, and then uh, when she cuts off the tip of his drill and he stares at it, that's castration anxiety. Very Freud. Uh, let's see. And then uh, I just, in my notes, over and over and over, I had rule of pool. Rule of pool. Because it's like the law of conservation of detail... Where it's, as we've said, if there is a fucking pool, someone will fall in it because it is so expensive to film around a pool that if you have a pool, you will use it. It's one of my favorite facts you've ever taught me. Now every time I see a pool, I go, someone's going in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I was just the entire time I was like, no one's fallen in yet. And I was like, is this going to be violated? Are they teasing me with the pool? And then he falls in the pool. And don't worry. He falls yeah. He just falls in the pool. Uh, and then, uh. I, I told you I watched all the credits. Yeah. Because I was like wondering, like, is there going to be like a cutscene? Yeah. The end? Like, I don't know. It could. And I didn't want to miss anything and like be a fool and not know the ending. Yeah. That'd be so stupid. <laughs> if you miss the ending, embarrassing for you. And I was watching the credits and I'm sure that this is something technical, but it was best boy. And then it had like oh, yeah, best a boy. name. Don't know what that means. But then there was another best boy. And I was like, do you uh-huh. think they battled for best, best boy? The bestest boy. <laughs> <laughs> Best, best boy. <laughs> there's best, best boy, boy grip, and then there's best girl and best girl grip, and yeah. You don't know these? What's a best boy? What does the best do? It, it's just like a, a thing for like, um, I don't know the term for it, like the actual term. They're not like assistants, but they're like production assistants kind of. Wow, because there were two best boys. And sometimes like, sometimes they have you can't choose the best it. boy. Yeah. Sometimes they, yeah. So, and like my favorite is when, now I think they just do like, best grip and i think that's it or they might not even do it at all anymore but grip is the same thing where it's like someone who you know is like a production i could be wrong (laughs) i just remember i would always see it grip i think is just a term for somebody who like is there to like help with like i always picture it as like when there's a cord and you need to tape down a grip would do it i don't know Um, but i make that shit up so i don't know if that's true you said grip, and I was like, ah, the cousin of the boom. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I'm going to look it up. Now I have to know. Because I'm like, I, I may have made this up. Grip. Definition. Film, obviously. Don't, I know your hand can grip things, you I ass. I was waiting for you to do the qualifier A there. grip is a technician who sets up, operates, and maintains the rigging and equipment, supports the camera. Yeah, dollies, cranes, tracks, chips. Okay, so yeah, yeah like it's, it's like a filming assistant yeah. sort of thing. Um, and the law, how to become a grip in film and TV. What is the best boy? Please. The best boy is the assistant to the grip. So uh. they manage the crew members in their department, schedule work and hire equipment. Uh, best boy is responsible for having the right grips and equipment at the right location. Do they have the policy for when two people have to fight to be the supreme best boy? You know, they haven't said, oh. but... Maybe um, it's, like, internal knowledge. Like, if it, you have to ask, then you don't belong here. Oh, so there are multiple. So it's not just, like, a thing where it's, like, you are the best one, um, What as I always thought. I always thought it was just, like, if you proved yourself to be, like, a really great, like, assistant, they would be like, you know what? You're going to be our best boy in the credits. Apparently that is just a term. Okay. That's hilarious. I always thought the best boy was just a grip. No, it's assistant to the grip. And apparently there's key grips, best grip, 
or best boy, best gaffer. There's no girl grip, apparently. It's I always thought gun. there was a girl grip. Wow, I'm learning so much. But that that's your answer. Thank you. <laughs> There's your answer. So I was right about a grip, but I apparently just thought that they would just vote best boy. I love My this. whole life, I was it's like, like the superlatives. At the I end. really did. <laughs> I really thought that they were just like, you know what? That person really had me. Uh-huh. That grip was my favorite. Best boy. Amazing. <laughs> it's like best supporting actor. You know, <laughs> I just invented this in my head. I love that journey for you. Thank God I looked it up. Because yeah. if I had just said that as fact, someone would have been like, Nikki, what the <laughs> fuck? And I would have been like, yeah, they vote for their favorite boy. <laughs> it's from no best girl. Where did best girl come from? I don't think that's a thing. I really want, you know, like how we're looking it up. <laughs> how Pixar has those shorts before the actual movie, and it's like the birds on a wire and stuff. I want like a pre-horror movie short, which is the Battle of the Best Boys. <laughs> I might be right. I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the yeah, worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts called Best Girl Grip, so oh. Um, you we know, should have them guest and tell us all about it. <laughs> Best girl grip podcast. Can you come tell us what the fuck <laughs> I'm thinking of? I really thought I'm not leaving until I'm I'm told. No, it's just best boys. Okay, <laughs> I'm continue. There was no best girl. That was my last note. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me rant. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Where did I imagine a best girl? <laughs> The best if girl you've in your seen heart. it too, someone. Yeah. The best girl in my heart. <laughs> All the lesbians are like, yeah, I know the best girl. <laughs> Every lesbian in the world is like, I know the best girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all right. <laughs> Scariest moment. I have, yeah, I know mine, I think. I know mine too. Okay, you go first. You actually saw the end. So okay. <laughs> I trusted you. You know, I call him the fella, the drill fella. Yeah. Well, at a moment, he had his drill still. Mm-hmm. But um, it was when he was under the blanket, and oh, I was yeah. like, oh, he's all cozy. He's the cozy fella. He's the cozy fella. Yeah, and so it's when Coach Jan is approaching the cozy fella, because it's like, we know. She suspects. Right. But there's the tension of, will he, like, leap and slash her before she could even understand? It's like, right. enough people know that you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? And then he, like, slowly rises like a vampire Ugh, from a He coffin. really does. He's like, hello. He does, like, oh, <laughs> uh, haunting. So that was my scariest moment because it's like the tension of like, we know he's there. She thinks she knows something is there. What will happen? Ooh. Yeah. Scared me. Um, That's a good one. He, the rising like a vampire always gets me. Her apprehension also is like yeah. so scary because I'm like, yeah, girl, you should, you should be scared. You should be scared. Um, My scariest moment is actually very early. I think it's the first death. It is. It's the, it's the phone the, girl. Yeah. I loved her immediately. They were staring at her butt, and I kept going, how dare you? And then I went, nice butt, though. Yeah. So, like, she's very cute. Very cute. Um, And then she gets to the car, and I, at this point, had truly no idea that deaths were about to happen. I thought in my head that she was going to be, like, an older sister to one of the girls, or that she was going to know them, or in some way I thought she was going to be, like, involved or something. And then the hand just grabs her and pulls her into the car, and then you see the blood, and she's banging on the thing. And that just got me because it was so fast yeah. and so senseless and like daylight horror, like yeah. the pointlessness of it. They and just, then like people so close to yeah. being able to save you and not. And it's just like they took a character away that they like 
they tricked me. Like they started to kind of develop her a tiny bit. They gave her like some fun lines. Like they just lulled me into this false sense of security. Cause I truly was like, I like her. Like, I can't wait to see what part she's going to be in this yeah. because clearly they're focusing on her. Like, and then she's just gone. And I was like, Oh God. And then that speaks to like what you talked about in nerd corner where it's like, it's just the violence against women. It didn't matter. She didn't do anything. Like she, you know, was yeah. like just dead. And I was so bummed. It like yeah. bummed me out. I was like, oh, yeah. I really liked her. I wanted to like see her be part of it some for some reason. And she wasn't. And she wasn't. But that got me. Yeah. It was the quick arm. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting it at all. So I, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I knew that something would be a jump scare in that moment. And I assumed right? it was going to be the murderer. But I wasn't positive. In my head, I sensed it being like a fake one. I thought they were going to like fake us out. Or yeah. like I thought something... But no, they got yeah. me. They fake us out later. Yeah. When uh, the ball hog is walking home. <laughs> I, know, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. That's mine. Good scariest moment. Yeah, scary. Are you ready for tropes? Um, hell yeah, I'm ready. Hockey, so. <laughs> I don't know. I loved it. Uh, Achilles power cord. Uh, so it's when Valerie's in the basement and she has this like circular saw, yeah. I think, and she's like ready to run up the stairs. She gets to the top and then she hits the end of the cord. And it's like, you knew this was going to happen at some point. And I was like, babe, there has to be another outlet in that basement that is closer to the stairs. Also, when you picked it up, I would have been like, maybe I should not grab a weapon that needs to be plugged in. All more power to you. I love that you went hard, but yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> she goes hard so she can go home, but she didn't go hard enough. She did not go hard enough. Uh, yeah. So Achilles' power cord is basically when it's like you have a weapon, it is limited. It must be plugged in. That's so funny. <laughs> yes, I wasn't sure because like when you realize that you're watching satire, anything can fucking happen, right? And so I was like, is she going to fall down the stairs and saw her face off? <laughs> <laughs> it was so possible. Well, that's the fun part about any of these movies like this because you're like. I don't know. <laughs> I truly have no idea which way it'll go. It could totally happen. Oh, God. No way to know. Uh, remember the trauma swing? <laughs> yes. This is not related directly. It's like a second cousin or something. Oh, okay. But the bathroom stall of overheard insults. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic, classic place to be. And I'm just like, Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's like you immediately think like Heather's, Clueless, like all right, those things. Right, so many. Yeah. Like mean girls. There's like an endless amount of insults thrown in a bathroom stall. And <laughs> it's like, okay, well, it's technically not a bathroom stall. It's the locker room. And right. Valerie's on the other side, but she's hearing Diane talk shit you about her. You knew she was going to be in there, guys. You knew. <laughs> it's like you can't tell secrets in she a locker even room. Goes over to where she knows her locker is and is like, "I'll go get her." And I'm like, "You were just speaking full volume." I mean, granted, she wasn't saying anything bad. Yeah, she was defending her. You knew. She's like, "Why don't you like her? She drinks too much milk." <laughs> that part, I cackled. Poor Lindsay. I'm sorry, my friend. Oh, we, sweet baby. We angle. had Lindsay on this episode. Oh, not this episode, but no. we had Lindsay on once, and that girl drinks a lot of milk. Got to bring her back. Got to bring her back. Unless she keeps drinking all that milk, and then no, no. we'll like invite <laughs> her in, and then she'll be outside the door, and we'll just like pull the door shut. We'll drink like, too much milk. Too much milk. <laughs> we'll bully her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you, Lindsay. I'm sorry. We love you so much. 
Um, okay. Between my legs. Mm -hmm. So the cover of the film is them through like the legs of the killer. But like one of the tropes of like imagery around this is like through feminine legs where it's very much about like upward her cunt. (laughs) (laughs) How else could I say this? Uh, where it's very sexualized. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Took me for a fucking ride. (laughs) Whoa. I'm sorry if I surprised you. Got me. Um, did you say mommy? No. <laughs> I said got me. <laughs> mommy. <laughs> Ooh. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Basically, there's this like um stereotypical image of an image uh like a scene through a woman's spread legs. Yeah. So it's used a lot in like Perfume ads. Oh, God, yeah. Literally anything that could cater to the male gaze. yeah. And I remember in 2012... No. When did Hillary run? (laughs) Against Obama. 2012? No. Yeah. Well, that was... Oh, no, that was... Hillary against Obama in the primary. You're right, you're right. Uh, Yeah, 2012, right? Yeah. I think so. That sounds correct to me? Time is fake. Yeah, I was like, you're asking the wrong person. (laughs) But I remember that there was like... Oh, no, hold on. I might be thinking... I think I'm thinking of Palin. Because <laughs> I know she's not the same. I know. Uh, but when Palin was McCain's yes. running mate... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was, like, a like article on one of the debates or something. And they had, like, an image shot through Palin's legs. Oh, my God. And it's just, like, everything has to be sexualized. And so, typically, it is a woman's legs and yeah. you see a scene between the spread legs right. and it is very sexualized yeah and so we had kind of the flip of that the inverse if you will uh, <laughs> and it's the killer's male jean cloud right. legs like, <laughs> and then the drill for the phallus yeah and then the women like wah uh <laughs> so that is the trope between my legs beautiful yep that's good <laughs> every now and then i hear myself say things it's like oh you did that I'm like, this is good to know. (laughs) It's recorded for forever. It's forever. Impaled with extreme prejudice. (laughs) When he falls upon the machete, yeah. Uh, Male gaze. The G-A-Z, not G-A-Y. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is a drill. (laughs) Yeah. It's the use of a drill as an improvised weapon. Yeah. And in this case, it's also like masculine, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, and it's also not very practical outside of the filmic universe because to yeah. like have a drill actually drill through a thing, it has to be pretty damn perpendicular yeah. to the surface and not sloped. And he does oh, a right. lot of like yeah. head stabbing. Yeah. Uh, so it's not exactly ideal to like use a drill to murder work. weapon. <laughs> that, uh, I'm not giving tips. Okay. <clears throat> Would you like more champers? Yeah. All right. I figured we took a cough break. Might as well. Uh-huh. Okay, next up we have the uh, just like classic tropes. Yeah. Because whenever there is something that either falls within this period mm-hmm. or is like paying homage to right. or is a satire of, I really want to talk about the way that they utilize classic right. tropes. So we have the cat scare. And it is very much called out. And then she chases the cat down the hall like, I'm so sorry I scared you. I'm so sorry if I, I hurt you. I love that. She's like, no, no. <laughs> uh the cavalry arrives late so 
that's when it's like, oh, we already did all the traumatizing shit. Right. I'm glad you're here, though. And <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> it, like, cut it off of the past where it's like, you hear that they are arriving, you hear the sirens, mm-hmm. and it's like, there's already been enough trauma for the table. <laughs> cut phone lines. Oh, classic. Uh, like, cut power, yep. cut phone lines. Uh, when they're, like, mid-call, and they're, like, very succinctly giving the necessary information. Oh, I know. The address. She's, like, right at the address. They got so much out, yep. and then she's like, we're it. Gone. Yep. I was like, no! And it's, like, a beautiful moment, because so often in, like, horror films, they're like, okay, well, she needs to babble incoherently for approximately 20 seconds, and right. then she'll start to say something useful and be cut off. And in this case, she's like, there has been a murder. We would request assistance. This is where we are. Yeah, it was so fast. I remember thinking that, too. I was like, wow, yep. she really got cut to the chase. Usually they're like, ah, ah, and they let him cry for, like, a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, ice cream. The, the pizza <laughs> yeah, bar yeah. the eyes drilled out. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Final girl. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the most classic slasher tropes, not quite dead. Right, and yeah. And once is not enough. <laughs> it's kind of like the Zombieland principle where it's the mm-hmm. double tap. Um, because right. like they hit him with a baseball bat and he's down and we're thinking we have seen enough of these movies. Right. I'm like, you got to bash it in anymore. You have to hit him at least twice because right now you're trying to remove a barricade that you put up yourselves. Right. So you know, it's sturdy. Anyway, the not quite dead comes when he emerges from the pool. Right. Stumpy. And you're right. like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, peekaboo corpse. <laughs> Uh, it happens twice, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. there's the fridge, right? Diane? I get Diane and Julie mixed up. So Diane and Kim. Kim is from the fridge. Okay. Diane was the one whose boyfriend she called Boo Boo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, She's yeah. the one that uh, hogs the ball. Right. Yeah. Hogs the ball. And then furniture blockade. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We also have two other tropes that are just kind of like... Floating around. Uh, cool teacher. Oh, the hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, dramatic thunder. Yeah. Because like while they're talking, it's Kim and Trish... And they are, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, what if we do this? What if this? And then, like, coming through the window behind him, covering his entrance, is the killer. And then thunder. <laughs> Beautiful trope. I love it. Uh, the trope fan service. So mm-hmm. that's when there's just, like, gratuitous nudity or sexuality right. or whatever included to appease the fans and generally the male gaze. Yeah. And so the executive producer, as we spoke about, gratuitous. Yeah. I'm yeah. really trying to make gratuitous Gratuitous. Gerbubidus. Gerbubidus. We gotta just stick with it. Gerbubidus. Gerbubidus. <laughs> um, I really love this one. Gory, deadly, overkill title of fatal death. It's <laughs> when <laughs> so the title tells you everything. Yeah. And it's also like very like, huh. So it's no like slumber party murder. It's no. slumber party massacre. massacre. Yeah. I remember thinking that when I, when you chose it, you're like, oh, slumber party massacre. And I went, I wonder what happened. And I remember in my head going, probably slumber party massacre. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then after watching it, I went, yeah, sure did what it said, huh? It's like you're wondering what will happen in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. No. <laughs> well, there's no way to know what will happen. No way to know. Uh, I'll kill you is when they get mad and the killer yells, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. you. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you. Man bites man. <laughs> that one got me for some reason. As opposed to man bites dog or dog bites man. Yeah. Uh, so it's when I think Neil is fighting for his life against yes. the drill fella. And one of them bites the other. Mm-hmm. And like he makes him drop the thing. Anyway, it's supposed man to reveal man. like animalistic nature and like desperation. Well, and gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, match cut. So... 
This is the back and forth between Valerie watching the horror film mm-hmm. and Neil outside Ooh, trying to get her attention. Yeah, it's a good good moment. Yeah, because it cuts back and forth, and it's like he's screaming for help, and the person in the movie is screaming for help, and then like once she like looks outside on the porch, oh misconnections, oh tragic, put it on Christmas, right. and he is getting stabby stabbed. She goes back to her film, and like the stab cuts back and forth yeah, between I know. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was one almost my scariest moment is when he's just like, God, please, please. He's like begging. And that I'm like, also almost Ooh. mine. It's scary. It is. Because there's that tension of, well, why aren't you? Yeah. And she keeps looking. It's like, does and she it's hear it's not him? just like him smacking the door. It's straight up him just like, please, like, please. He's like, for God's sake, please. Yep. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> it's like heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. So I remember when you texted me earlier and you're like, hey, like, I'm a little bit delayed. I was like, don't worry. I went down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. This is the rabbit hole. Oh, God. <laughs> so you know how I am very hesitant to use the word ironic? Yeah. <laughs> I spent a while uh, looking through three tropes that one of them I'm almost positive is not occurring here. Okay. And then the two I'm like, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then there's a fourth that is a definition Floating. within another. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So spoofed the ironic film seriously. Okay. Versus stealth parody versus indecisive parody. So we'll get into all. Yeah, of this. I was like, whoa. Okay, so spoofed the ironic film seriously is like if someone says, "I am going to spoof this film. I'm going to brutally take them down. I'm going to mock them shitless." But that film was actually meant to be ironic and itself a critique of society. And right. they're like, "Oh, we're going to mock them senseless," but. It was already an ironic film, right. so, like, spoofing it doesn't really do anything. It's like if someone tried to do a brutal takedown of Spaceballs as being, like, it's like inaccurate for science it's or something. Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, It's like, already a parody. Like, right. what are you doing? So, again, tvtropes.org is, like, a community-created thing, and that's, like, a beautiful thing. But sometimes mm-hmm. people assign tropes, and I don't agree with it. And so someone was like, oh, yeah, they spoofed the ironic film seriously, and the way they attributed it was that... Like, you know, the three parts, the like tripod of creating Slumber Party Massacre was the feminist writer Mm -hmm. with the person that shot as a straight slasher with the executive producer that was like tits. So (laughs) I don't think that this is the trope in question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we come down to stealth parody or indecisive parody. And so a stealth parody uh, sometimes overlaps with Poe's law. Mm Mm-hmm. And Poe's Law <laughs> uh, is, quote, the core idea of Poe's Law is that a parody of something extreme can be mistaken for the real thing, and if a real thing sounds extreme enough, it can be mistaken for a parody. <laughs> so it's like when you read the news on something that Trump did, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm reading The Onion or CNN. Right. <laughs> like, you don't know. Like, I straight up just can't tell. <laughs> so Poe's Law is kind of on the intersection between, like, is this a parody, or right. is this something very extreme occurring? The overlapping of that right um okay. so self-parody can sometimes overlap with pose law mm-hmm. but a stealth parody itself is a parody that pretends to be a serious work <laughs> and so it can also be synonymous with trolling <laughs> <laughs> and so like people will give the example of like it can be really funny to review like a really really shitty like fanfic and say oh this is a stealth parody and like try like if you were to read my immortal and say it's a stealth parody yeah of harry potter right it is not <laughs> it is just very bad fan fiction but that you could say like um basically it is trying to pretend to be serious right 
it is in its heart a parody, but uh, at its core, stealth parody is like trying to be taken seriously enough to laugh at the people that take it seriously. Uh, okay. So yeah. like that one sounds pretty good. Yes. Cut but then to again, indecisive. <laughs> indecisive parody, which is where I land with most yeah, things. Yeah, it was like... Indecisive. Mm-hmm. So I need to pull this one up again because I spent so fucking long on this <laughs> shit this is the one that like they make the note of like confirmed by word of god but um it's when it takes on enough traits of the target to mm-hmm. function as a parody but maybe too many and so it starts to fall into what it parodies <laughs> uh so like it <sighs> It can feel like there are misaligned intentions with yeah. an indecisive parody where it's like parts of it are like, look how foolish this is. We're going to mock right. it. But they do that thing. Yeah. But they do that thing while trying to mock that thing. So it's like, oh, but well, hold on. <laughs> it's, it can get so meta. <laughs> so I'm going to give a direct quote from TV Tropes Network. Thank you. Uh, how this happens can vary widely. This is a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's just too affectionate of the genre it's a parody of. Perhaps it's making jokes already made. Perhaps it's just too close to its target. Perhaps it was actually meant to be serious, but took on too many comedic traits. Perhaps the parody mostly consists of pointing out that it's doing the stuff it was supposed to be mocking. But often this happens because writers just couldn't decide what they wanted to do. In any case, an indecisive parody is when something is confusing about its intent. Hmm. So it's like where they put in enough jokes where it's like, oh, are you like mocking the male gaze? But right. there are not enough jokes for you to be that. And so you keep going back and forth. Yeah. To me, this is very much watching SNL. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, are you like mocking sexism that is institutionalized? Or are you making jokes at the expense of people that are sexualized? I can't tell. Right. So to me, like indecisive parody is where it's murky hmm. because it's it veers too far into what they're mocking right. and you don't know you're if like, they're I don't know if you're you don't making know. fun of it if you're just doing that and so I feel like this falls into an in-between I was of gonna all of say these. I was like I feel like especially the last two indecisive because three people were making this differently yes. and then the other one because stealth it does it so well. Because <laughs> and I'm like, you got me. It was written as a satire. Right, exactly. So it knew what it was. So it, yeah. at its core, it knew what it was doing. Yeah. But because other people came in and did what they were going to do, yeah. that's where I think it gets into the indecisive because I'm like, right, but you are doing the thing that, yeah. so it's like hard. And it's like, <laughs> how do you determine arthurial or artistic intent when there are three different three artists people that had like creative control? It's so funny. This movie is funny. This funny. This funny. This movie is uh, an enigma. Like, I cannot define it because the people who made it can't define it. No. (sighs) I love it for that. So this is why I went down a fucking rabbit hole. Because, like, I am very spare with my, like, labeling of something as ironic. Because I will only do it if I'm absolutely positive Right, I know. You're scared of ironic things. I know. I'm very afraid. And then this one is like satire parody. This one's is it where does it fall? Yes. And so like I loved it. It scared me. I yeah. loved it for that. Yeah. So I think that the intention of the writer was a satire that could be a stealth parody because of the way that it was shot by the director and with all of the extra boobs added by the executive producer. But yeah. it's also indecisive. Because, I think it's a mix because yeah. like. Truly, there were so many visions going into this film <laughs> that I don't think anybody knew. 
no one what knows. was going to happen when they finished. And, and that's, that's something really fun. <laughs> I find just like so delightful about this film it's, at the end of the day. That it's such a good word for it. It's delightful. Yeah. Like you watch it and you're like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Usually when a movie has like that kind of gratuitous nudity, nudity, sorry. Graboobity. Uh, Graboobity. Um, I am like pretty like taken aback and kind of like annoyed. Yeah. But with this, they're not acting. <laughs> like, it's just funny. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I it's can't funny. explain it. I, yeah. I don't know. So those are my tropes. <laughs> Great. Thank you for a good luck editing that, by the way. <laughs> Godspeed. Oh my Godpeed God. indeed. Godpeed. That, those were so good. <laughs> it's time to rate the movie. I know. I have a favorite okay. rating scale, um, but I'd love to hear some of your options. Okay. I have Rule of Pool, Fringe yep. Corpses, uh-huh. Sibling Shenanigans, okay. Indestructible Fingers, uh-huh. Snail Hunts. Yeah. Pizza feelings. Yeah, it's snail hunts for me. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I yes. That I respect that. Made me laugh so hard that yeah. I couldn't. I think about the snail hunts when I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> I think about the snail hunts. Hope I didn't startle you, Star Wars. <laughs> sir, sir. And he's like looking for lucky number fifty. <laughs> it was incredible. Okay. Um, <laughs> snail hunts. I know how many I'm gonna give it. I I do too. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, one, two. So, listen. No, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I accidentally got excited. I gave it five and a half briefly. And I was like, huh? That's a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half snail hunts. That's only because I need to watch the ending. <laughs> Hear me out. Four and a half. Not because I didn't love it. You know I did. We're talking about it. <laughs> I need to watch the end. Um, I apologize so thoroughly <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> I really came in here thinking that I had seen the entire movie. You looked so confident. I did and because I <laughs> thought I was. Yeah. So I'm... I snorted a little. <laughs> I'm having some. I'm having some cold issues. I don't know. Snort a little cheese on you. <laughs> Snort a little cheese on you. Sorry, I have a cold. No big deal. Um, but I, <laughs> I really thought that I watched it, and I'm very curious to see what happened. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm guessing I was sick and mm-hmm. dreamt something. I must have. Because if I had, they all died. And I went, what a wild way to end this movie. That's crazy. Came in and you were like, no, 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 no. And I appreciate that. Uh-huh. And, in, and in all good conscience, I can't give it five because I haven't seen the fucking Because you haven't ending. seen it yet. <laughs> we keep joking about one time we'll walk in having watched different movies. I thought this was the time. I, really I was too. really scared. Because I was like. If we watch completely different movies, that's going to change this whole episode. And that's yes. hilarious. And I've secretly always wanted it to yes. happen. But I was like, I'm not ready for yeah. that to be what's happening right no. now. And then like, when you not now. Not showed like me this. clips, I was like, no, I watched this. Yeah. Confidently. I was like, I remember these moments. I remember the fridge. I remember having these. I remember confidently being like, no matter what, that phone moment's going to scare me. But I don't remember the end. <laughs> I don't remember the end. <laughs> You said pool, and I was like, where? Who? Who? Who had a pool? Who's? So, four and a half from me, but not because of the movie's fault, simply because I think that I fever dreamt the end. That's fair. That's fair. And I'm uh, so sorry to everyone. I will not do that. I promise. I, d- I promise that I don't fall asleep during these movies and phone it in. I truly just, 
I must have done something. I have to now send you the short story that I read that haunted me in freshman year. It's called, like, Fever Dream. Oh, no. It's horrific, and I think about it entirely too often. Anyway. (laughs) It's me. Oh, no. Well, no. You didn't, like, kill the president via handshake, so that I know of. But tell me what you loved. (laughs) I gave it five snail hunts. Yeah. Um, Because... This movie feels unhinged in a delightful way. And I love satire. It's like one of my favorite things. Like when I was talking about Cabin in the Woods, I reread parts of the like baby eating treatise. (laughs) Because I was like, I remember reading this in college in my comedy and satire short story. Or not short story. It was the full ass books. I I took a comedy and satire class. Yeah. A lot of it. Still got an A. Sorry. I had a moment. Um, This professor said that there is no way to finish this final in under two hours and still get an A on it. Turned it in Kate took that as a challenge, as we all know Kate would. (laughs) As we all know, she's a petty bitch. But what happened was it was my earliest class, and I was very depressed and not medicated, and I kept sleeping through it. And I missed class four times, like straight up woke up three hours after class ended. And was like, I am so sorry. I just slept through it. Yeah. And he was like, okay, well, three was your limit. And so now I have to deduct you a half letter grade. And oh, I was like, God. I understand it. I'm very sorry. I want you to right. know, like, I respect you. Also, during this class, I would put my hand on my paper like I was taking notes and my head down here and I would sleep. And then I would wake <laughs> up at the end of class and I would go to my next class and then I would sleep in that one. And then my friend would wake me up oh at the God. end of class because she was a comrade. Thank and God. so I had two classes where I would just sleep through them. And then I would <laughs> wake up and I would walk home across campus for my two-hour lunch and I would sleep. <laughs> I was so depressed. <laughs> we had similar college experiences. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I would be walking to my class after my two-hour nap and think, what if I laid down on the concrete and fell asleep here? God, I don't know. And I would have my little Lunchable. <laughs> just like, new me. <laughs> so like... <laughs> this is to say I took a class on comedy and satire. Yeah. I got an A. That was my half letter grade deduction included. So even Girl finishing... Girl through the irony section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> slept through a lot of the sections. Oh, God. <laughs> that can be a patron exclusive for my shame. <laughs> and it makes you feel any better. I slept through an entire course called Rashes, Colds, and Plagues. Oh, God, Don't that remember... would have been my shit. I passed. I got yeah. an A, but it was simply because he would upload every single class on Blackboard that he he just did on PowerPoint. Yeah. So I would just not go yeah. and then go take it. And he didn't take attendance. So I was like, I dare you. And I never went. And then I showed up confidently. And he was like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, I'm about to pass this test, sir. <laughs> and I did. And he was like, I don't know you. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> so. Amazing. We both have our sins. We both, yes. <laughs> but why'd you love the movie, Kate? <laughs> Thank you for bringing me back home. I got you. I'm always here for you. <laughs> Don't even know how I got... Oh, okay. So, uh, bitches love satire. Yeah. And this is to say Kate loves satire. Yeah. Um, And I always find it very engaging when it's done well and done very intentionally. And throughout this film, even before I knew much about the writer, like when I started, I clocked, I was like, Rita Mae Brown, I know that name. Right. And I did a quick Goog and I was like, oh, she wrote all those cat mysteries. And then I was like, <laughs> cat mysteries. oh, feminist writer, like queer <laughs> feminist writer. <laughs> <laughs> she purred. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And um, 
So I was like, okay, if Rita Mae Brown wrote it, then there is, like, a feminist underpinning. Right. And so, like, watching it, I was looking for that, and then it just, like, appeared to me as if in a dream. <laughs> and I found it delightful. Like, there are obviously issues. Like... Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> the ableism. But, again, it's a satire, so... It's probably poking at that and, like, the way that we do that. But I think... It, it's... Yeah. I think, ultimately, the satirical element was about, like, intimate partner violence and a lot yeah. of the language that the killer uses. Like, you know, you want it. That's very... Yes. It's sexual assault. Very much. Very obvious. And, yeah. And so, to me, I think it could have been just as, like, clear as a satire if you didn't say, like, oh, he's mentally deranged. Right. Because I hate ableism. Right. And, like, the way that we paint... Like, folks with mental illness is violent, where that's not true. Yeah, that is and something that always bothers me. <laughs> so, like, that's my very clear qualm. Right. And then also, like, the critique of, this is very binaristic, like... Yeah, which... Yeah. I feel a, like... Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> we know going into this, we're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, to me, it's like, okay, when I walked in... Walked into this movie. I don't know, like, I go in. places. Uh, I was like, okay, a second wave feminist wrote this. Mm-hmm. And so I knew what to expect. And that's what I got. Yeah. And so it's like, I have my qualms. I enjoy the shit out of this movie. Yeah. I really like it. It's really fun. Five I would say hunts. something really fun about satire too is that it like gives the audience um, room to see what they want to see too, yeah. I think sometimes. Yes. Not always necessarily. Sometimes like it's very clear what they are poking fun at and like it, you can't really say otherwise. But a lot of times like when it's satire... You get to choose what you think it's making fun of. You get to, like, yeah. put your own, like, thoughts on it and all these things. And I think sometimes, not always, I just think sometimes that's, like, a fun little free pass for yes. some directors and some creators to be like, see what you want to see. What I made doesn't necessarily matter because it's poking fun at something. Like, yeah. you know, it's I don't know. Asking questions. It's poking a hole yeah. in someone else's argument and not exactly offering up a full one on your right. own, but being like, hey, let's look at the flaws. And I think there's room to ask your own binary questions too. Like, yeah, because like slashers themselves are very Mm -hmm. binary. And you could look at this. I think that one in the year of our Lord 2022 (laughs) could look at this and say like, okay, it's, I don't think the intent of the author was to creak, to creak? Did I just? To creak. (laughs) To creak it? Yeah. To critique binary gender norms but i think that there is a reading of that yeah if exactly you want to look at it there is space to put your own like spin on things yeah. and i think that's the fun of satire yeah. is that it leaves so much room for you to do your own creating like yeah. and i think that's so fun yeah so and we talked about that with uh oh, there was something else that we we talked about that was very very heavy on the satire and we were like it gives us a chance to kind of be like yep all right <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but we've talked about it maybe not as intense yeah. at all, but like a little bit briefly where we were like, yeah, maybe that's not what it's saying. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it was Gremlins. Yeah. A little bit. We were talking about like... Consumerism. Yeah. We were yeah. like, maybe not, but the, the space is open for yeah. us to say it if we feel that way. And if that's what you take from it, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that is always the fun of movies. Yeah. Is that there's always room to put whatever you want in. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think it's great. So that's so. a nine and a half snail hunts. Yeah, that was, and potentially could be ten if I see could the be end. Ten. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Amazing. I will never do this again. I hope. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm ashamed. I am ashamed. <laughs> Sheepish. Sheepish. <laughs> I can't believe that I did this. 
Listen, we have been waiting for the time when I we know. both watched the wrong movie or something. I and know. It, to me, it's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Might have missed the last 10 minutes. It would have been one thing for me to come in here with the audacity to be like, I didn't watch the end. But for me to come in confidently and be like, <laughs> love that ending. And you go, oh, it's not the end. <laughs> and we go, <laughs> so I'm really sorry it wasn't on purpose we're just staring at each other across my table like what did you watch what did you watch what did you watch so sorry <laughs> I coughed during all of that and I'm not cutting it out you're gonna deal with it I'm sick Shut up. <laughs> deal with it yeah I truly just stared you in the eye and went what are you talking about? <laughs> you were like next to me is the problem. You were over here and I was like unpacking my stuff and you were like, oh yeah, that part with the pool. And I went, they all died. What pool? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know. What are you talking about? It was a very Spider-Man pointing, but in a accusing way. Like what? And then eventually back at yourself. Yeah, like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I need to draw that me. I know what I did wrong. This is, this is all I have to say. <laughs> that wraps up our discussion of the original Slumber Party Massacre. Yes, not whatever I saw. <laughs> if you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. That's the one apparently that matters. <laughs> we also just love reading what you say. Yeah, please. Someone, rate and review. We haven't had a new one in a while. It's been a hot minute. Someone wrote one that said, this weirdly appeals to me. Yeah, and I, was I like, love that. That is the highest compliment you, you could give. If, <laughs> if you go write a review... Uh, you can go read the one that I wrote where I forgot that I was on my own account and we were brand new and I was trying to get us like reviews and I was like, oh my gosh, this podcast is one of my favorites. Blah, blah. And then my name is on it. So um, screenshot of that for posterity. It's so we can one keep of the posting. funniest things I've ever done where I truly was like, Kate and Nikki have such insight into things. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, the that's you. I wrote that. It was so funny. And then I went, well, that's under my name. <laughs> so... Go write a review if you want to read that. <laughs> That's for you guys. It's a little gift for you. Little if you sweet. read it, legally, you have to write a review. <laughs> <laughs> legally. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It. And every week we'll post the movie that we'll be I promise, posting. guys. <laughs> We're going to do it. <laughs> December just really threw us both for a loop. It's been a rough one. It's we say that hard. a lot, but this one is special. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, boy. You can check our extended show notes on our website, justcoolwithabod.com. And those are on delay, just so you know. Everyone relax. Um, <laughs> your girl works a full-time job, as does Nikki. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's when we have time to figure out website coding. <laughs> Someday. Someday. <laughs> That's beautiful. I would try, but I'll die. <laughs> Everyone should go watch Zombie, the oh, acclaimed God. thriller. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that decom. Okay. Uh, so our website, justcoolthepod.com, or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justcoolwithit. And this weekend, we're doing a double yeah, feature. Yeah, today's our double. Fook yeah. Because we may have forgotten one. But everyone yeah, relax. We've been sick. It's tired. <laughs> yeah, um, so we're going to play a horror game. Yeah, we're not Saturday. sure what yet. Because yeah. so. I've been playing Mortuary Assistant, and you've been playing Alien Isolation. Yeah. And we kind of like bump between the two. We haven't done Alien in a while. It's been a hot minute. So we're trying to decide if we'll do like a yeah. Christmas game. Yeah. Or if we'll just go back to Alien. Yeah. So it'll be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And then on Sunday we have the Simon Watch. Yep. And that is meant to recreate our chat. How this whole thing started. <laughs> during early pandemic where we were like, we both like horror films. Let's chat we while chat, we watch yeah. them. <laughs> so we have our little group meet chat. Oh, it was so fun. We kept changing like the icon and like <laughs> the all that stuff. And, yeah. and our names. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. So during the Simon Watch, we all start the movie at the same time, usually on Netflix party. Yeah. And then we'll just chat in the we chat just hang with each out. other. 
and it join. Is it's fun. Unhinged. Yeah. It's and great. patrons get to do choose a movie. Yes. So yeah, yeah, once a month. So oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, our patron pick for next week is a mystery. Yeah. As of yet, not yet. It'll be great. I Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Yeah. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Jess, and Ada. Woo! Woo! Sometimes the new names throw off my dance, but yeah. someday I keep saying it, we're going to film it. So we're going to film see. it. I it's saw the smallest little, little dance. I have yeah. to do it now. Like it yeah. feels like if I don't, yeah. something bad will happen. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> The snail hunt will go awry. Oh, I can't. Don't, yeah. I can't let that happen. No, we cannot. No. The intro and outro music yeah. was created by Anthony Rocazella. The cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon. I heard she's seen the end of this movie. <laughs> I heard she knows it like the back of her hand. I heard she wrote it. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. You're dying like they all did at the end of this film. <laughs> 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 I'm in champagne. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>